Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Liam Maitland, KCBS Foodie Chap at Madrona Manor in Healdsburg. Chef Jesse Margren. Chef, good to see you. How are you, mate? Doing well. Good to see you. And I'm happy because there's wine on the table. Uh, before we hear your story, uh, we're also going to hear about the Christmas dinners, the holiday dinners, the Dickens dinners here. But I always love to begin with this sound. Ooh. And uh, this sound. Oh, what are we drinking, Chef? A Forge Cellars Riesling from the Finger Lakes. Which will go perfect uh, with this crab we're going to enjoy in a few minutes. Uh, to you, Chef Jesse, here we go. All right, drinking on the job. Mmm. Oh, wow. That tastes like the holidays, doesn't it? it does. <laughs> so, Chef, your story. Santa Rosa boy, local. Uh, tell me about what was coming out of the kitchen at home growing up. Who was cooking? And what was on the table? My mother was cooking, and uh, she was always experimenting on us. She was a, she is a professional storyteller. She researches stories that were passed down through the generation, verbally passed down. And she would really immerse herself in a certain culture. And uh, whatever culture it was, that's what we would eat for the next for a couple months straight. So if she, at one point, she was teaching, learning Russian tales, and we had borscht and uh, lamb, lamb stew yeah. and potatoes and sour cream and so was, as a kid i always wanted you know pizza and <laughs> lasagna or something but uh, now i appreciate it well your mom instead was taking you on a culinary trip around the world uh what are the cuisines were there were there, were there any favorites um that stand out or was there a dish that your mama made to this day to you still remind you of home Honestly, they changed so often yeah. that it was there. I don't really have a dish that uh, yeah. it was never like, the same dish every time. You know, on our birthday, we could pick whatever we wanted, and I always picked pizza. So <laughs> Simple. Keep it simple. Uh, first job working in a kitchen was where? In Santa Rosa, a place called Restaurant Matisse. Yeah. It's um, a dishwasher. I had a skateboard. Wait, high five. Walk. High five. Dishwasher club. That was my first and last job in the kitchen, chef. <laughs> so uh, that's that's where it all started for you. Was it an initial that passion for cuisine, uh, or was w- w- did it happen there, or was that just was that just a job at the time? When when did your real passion uh, for cooking ignite? Uh, during the college years, I I wanted to be a lawyer originally, <laughs> and uh, I found you know I was cooking to kind of pay for school and. The chef for the time said, why do you want to be a lawyer? It's a waste. You're so talented. And yeah. I, I'd spent you know, all my extra money eating out at restaurants and talking about food. And I kind of thought, you know what? I hate paperwork. And lawyers have a lot of paperwork. So, sure. I, uh, Well, not too much paperwork. Uh, as a chef, of course, you're in the weeds. You're on the line. Uh, different kind of pressure from being uh, a lawyer. Early on, of all the chefs that you worked with, who would you say was your most important mentor? Uh Probably Jeremiah Tower at Stars. I mean, he had such a focus on the classics and, you know, taste your food, taste your food, taste your food was kind of his, the rule at that restaurant. Yeah. 
That's a pretty important thing to do as a chef is taste your food. It's surprising number of chefs who don't taste everything every day. The most important thing, uh, taste as you go. Let's go back to stars. Uh, it's the 90s, right? Uh, it is the restaurant, the spot. Did you realize how special a restaurant it was at the time? I mean, you're in the weeds, you're in the kitchen, but but it, did it feel special? Did you get a sense of the buzz and the importance of Jeremiah Tower and the restaurant in San Francisco at that time? It was pretty obvious because all the cooks there had all been chefs or sea chefs at other restaurants and uh everyone everyone in everyone in the kitchen was such a good cook we'd all push each other really hard to try and get better as it you came with a new menu every day and as your two dishes you'd put them up and everyone taste them so you didn't want to be embarrassed by putting up something (laughs) that wasn't uh excellent you better bring out your best um i know jeremiah ship incredibly uh talented chef a tower of talent and I'm sure he was tough to work for as well. Uh, what was the biggest takeaway from working with Jeremiah and working for him? Just pay attention to what you're doing and don't try to get too fancy. Just yeah. make, make it all about taste. Yeah. Um, if I look at the family tree, the chefs that have come out of stars, Mario Batali, Dominique Crenn, uh, the list goes on. I mean, you name a, a big chef. There's a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them, yeah. Uh, who who were the standouts who were with you at that time? Oh man, trying to think about a, a good friend of mine, uh, Nathan Powers, who's uh, in Salt Lake City now. Yeah. Uh, David Farrell is in uh, Portland. Those sure. are two two really good chefs that yeah. uh, moved on there. And Dominic was there. She left right before I got there, so yeah. I heard some stories about her. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, please do tell. <laughs> she was pretty tough, just as she is now. So yeah. it's a uh, kitchen's are pretty macho. So any woman that can stand up sure is a uh, highly respected yeah highly respected uh major props and look at dominique now she's she's doing all right chef um you have a wall of michelin stars 11 years in a row tell me about the first star that you got you've been here by the way at madrona manor uh since 1999 so the first star the phone rings how do you react uh I mean, they they email you a couple of weeks earlier and ask for your f- telephone, so you have a you know an inkling that, that you might have one. And uh, when you get that call, it's an unlisted number, so you're like, "Oh goodness gracious!" It's either the tax man or or, or Michelin. So you're, you know your legs are shaking, your voice quivers a little bit, and you're just thank goodness. <laughs> what does it mean uh, to you and the team uh, to have that star? It's really about consistency. So, especially we've had you know one star for so long that we've really pay attention to what we're doing and uh, set a, you know a great standard. Especially you know, growing up as a kid, reading my mom's gourmet magazines, and you'd see this Michelin star this, Michelin star that, and you didn't really realize what it was because they didn't have it in the United States. But sure. now that yeah, yeah. You, you get that call and you see the plaque on your wall, it's pretty special. Madrona Manor, set the scene for us for those who've not been here. We're in Healdsburg, Padrona Manor, a place you can enjoy Michelin star dinner. You can also stay the night. It's uh, it's a guest house as well as it is uh, uh, a restaurant. Set the scene. What's here? What will people experience when they come here? Uh, well, the building was built in 1881, so it's a nice old uh, Victorian mansion. Yeah. Uh, high ceilings. The tables are pretty far apart. We don't try and crowd you. It's a nice, relaxed uh, pace to the meal. We've also got a garden on site, so you can come in early and stroll through the garden and see see what we're going to be you're going to be eating that night and 
just a beautiful place uh kind of you know classic food uh some little japanese influences and uh either come in and have a couple bites or have a nice tasting menu yeah we're very excited uh chef one of my favorite times of year christmas the holidays and my favorite storyteller of all times charles dickens you're doing these special dickens dinners uh every thursday friday saturday sunday all through the end of december tell me about the dinner what will people experience well first of all the place is decorated to the t's it it is amazing you know what? I, I wasn't feeling holiday spirit at all. I walked through these doors today, and it feels like Christmas from the moment you step inside here. Uh, over the top is an understatement. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. There's decoration everywhere, lots to look at, lots of little intricate details, all every corner. And yeah. it can, it's crane. It's yeah. it's great. Um, so the dinner is uh, kind of classic, based on some of the. Uh, uh, old kind of English food. Uh, start off with a kind of a crab salad. You know, the Dungeness crab to me always seems like uh, that's the holidays when the Dungeness crab season comes locally. So I wanted to do something with that. Uh, some oranges from the garden uh, and the green goddess dressing, kind of dressing Jeremiah Tower, topping at stars. A uh, little celery potato soup with some bacon. And then we move on to the entrees, and that's uh, salmon or beef wellington. So the beef wellington, people rave about it, come back every year for it. Uh, you know, wrapped in puff pastry, red oh. wine sauce, and uh, just delicious. Forgive me, chef. I am drooling. Uh, these are some of my favorite things, and you get to enjoy them all as part of the Dickens dinners. Uh, there's more than just food as part of these dinners. You also have uh, is, is is there some storytelling and caroling as part yeah, of it? Uh, caroling. So in between each course, there's a about five carolers come in and they sing uh, two to three songs in between each course and. Uh, they're pretty spectacular. They're dressed at dressed in period costume, and uh, you know every every song, every room they sing. They sing it's kind of different songs, so you yeah. can as you're eating some of your courses, you can hear them singing off in the in, in different rooms. Yeah. And it's a a lot of people say it's not Christmas till they come and have sure. a Dickens dinner. And of course, as you drop every plate, you sing too, right? Oh, people would not come <laughs> back if I sang. <laughs> My children don't let me sing, so they uh, no one wants me singing. Do you? Uh, I know you have you have you have two kids, right? Um, have you ever read any Dickens to them? No, we haven't. Haven't I? We might have to start doing that though. This could be the year, right? Either that, either I'll read to them, or I'll make them read it to me. <laughs> well, tell them Uncle Liam's coming over. Hello, children. It was a winter in eighteen fifty-five. Okay, enough of that. Chef, we were in the kitchen together, and you made this delicious dish. It's on the menu as part of the Dickens dinners. Uh, talk me through this dish. So it's a local Dungeness crab. They're catching uh, just off the Marine coast. Yeah, it's uh, cooked and kind of picked, cleaned, and it's mixed with a little bit of a uh, green goddess dressing, which is kind of a mayonnaise with herb-based mayonnaise sauce. And this is the famous Jeremiah Tower green goddess dressing. His exact recipe, actually, yeah. So, chervil, tarragon, uh, and then that goes. In the, then we have a little salad of some frisée and radicchio, just a little bit of bitterness to kind of cut through that sweetness of the deliciousness of the crab. A uh, little calamandra uh, oranges, which are the kind of small uh, mandarin orange vertically challenged right teeny weeny exactly <laughs> just just like myself vertically challenged <laughs> no come on uh some toasted almonds on there just a little little cr- uh, crunch nice texture delicious dish uh one of the dishes uh that you will enjoy as part of your dinner the dickens dinners uh, here at madrona manor uh and chef 
talk about the fun of it for you and the team. Uh, for any chef, every day is different. You cook as the garden grows, the menu shifts. But uh, what's the spirit like in the kitchen uh, around this time of year? Everybody's feeling great. You know, it's uh, getting ready for, uh, you know, we listen to songs. We uh, play lots of Christmas music in the kitchen to get sure. in the mood. And uh, yeah, it's, it's one time a year where we actually serve the same menu uh, yeah. pretty much every night for, you know, 13 nights this year. So, Well, it's festive for sure. I can't wait to come. I'm, I'm coming back. Um, I had dinner here recently, Chef. Um, you deserve every single mission star you have on the wall here. Uh, and I hope you get to enjoy many more. Uh, finally, for you, Christmas Day. You're at home with the family. What will be on the table? Um, you know, get up early in the, in the morning. The kids will get us early with the stockings, and uh, they usually want waffles or crepes. So that's uh, <laughs> spend some time with the family and actually come into work. We actually are open for Christmas dinner. So, oh, so you'll be here. Be here for it's our, the final night of the uh, Dick's Dinner Series. Yeah. It's uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas are our two most popular nights, and they always sell out soon. Or Christmas Eve, we have two more tables left, I think. Yeah. So, folks, you heard it here first from Chef Jesse. Before I leave you, Chef, come on, grab a fork. Uh, folks, we're going to connect you with a website so you can book your seat at the table, the Dickens Dinner. Cheers, Chef. Here Cheers. we go. Mm-mm. Oh, my. That's delicious. Uh, nice and bright. Zesty, crunchy, crabby, but I have to say, the star of this dish is that green goddess dressing. Oh, I love that stuff, yeah. Anytime you have chervil, I love it. Yeah. It is the best. Chef Jesse, happy holidays to you, my friend. Really great hanging out with you. Great drinking with you, too, always. Chef Jesse, executive chef here, Madrona Manor. More on his story and how you can book your seat at the table at the upcoming Dickens dinner. All the info at kcbsradio.com and click on Foodie Chap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.